Welcome to the Anchor Daily. Join us as we read through the book of Esther. Sometimes I feel like today's culture is preoccupied with evil. There has been a surge of stories recently about villains in popular media from Cruella to Dahmer. On the other side, I feel like there's this group of people who are so concerned about the proliferation of evil that although they're trying to avoid it, instead they end up magnifying it as a center point of their lives. How do we live our lives in the midst of evil without letting it overtake us? I imagine it's the same question Mordecai thought about often. This is Sarah Landon, Bethel Richland member. We're reading chapter 3 of Esther today as we consider what it looks like to live on mission. I'm going to give you the chance to read through it if you haven't already. It's cool. Just hit pause. I'm super patient and promise not to go anywhere while you open your Bible or listen to your app. Okay, now we can all go through it together. And let's begin by just acknowledging that it's a huge downer. Let's step back and give it a little context. King Xerxes, or Ahasuerus, however your version reads, was a bad guy. He was definitely a villain. His kingdom stretched from present-day Afghanistan to the edge of Greece, down into Egypt and through the Middle East. He was known as a tyrant, a womanizer, and generally a bad dude. And now he promotes Haman, who seems to be cut from the same cloth. It's no surprise that Haman is promoted, knowing the character of both of these men. Mordecai has chosen not to bow down to Haman, despite the king's edict. Our text doesn't explain exactly why, but it does explain that it ticked off Haman so much, he wasn't content just to kill Mordecai, he was going to exterminate Mordecai's entire people group. It's good to understand that Israel was at a point in time where they were free to return to Jerusalem. Initially, they'd been carted off as captives to Babylon, but Cyrus had allowed them to return to Jerusalem. And now it's been 50 years since, and they're scattered across the kingdom to the tune of about 750,000 Jews. Haman is now bent on their destruction and even gives the king 375 tons, tons of silver in order to dispatch the message and equip the provinces to carry out the charge of genocide against the Jewish people. This is not just a bad guy. This is global scale evil through absolute power. So the message goes out and understandably people are thrown into consternation. It's hard to see God's hand at work in this part of the story, isn't it? But he's there, even in the midst of Haman's evil plot. Did you notice how Haman cast lots to determine when to bring this destruction? I contend that God was using this to set a timeline to overthrow Haman and test God's people. How would his people respond when faced with an overwhelming threat? The other thing I see is Mordecai faithfully attending his duties, executing his job, even in the midst of immorality and upside-down values. God had commanded him to put no other god before him, and he was not going to worship Haman. He was risking his own life, disobeying the king's command. 
and it seems his colleagues were willing to throw him under the bus to expose his unfaithfulness to the king. Talk about a toxic work environment. Yet, it does not record Mordecai lashing out against how wrong it was or spewing angry vitriol about the evil in the kingdom. I can see God's hand at work in Mordecai's life steadying him in the midst of trouble, not plucking him out, not giving immediate relief, but allowing Mordecai to walk through the valley in all of its darkness and uncertainty, every step by his side. I believe Mordecai's eyes were on God through it all. He was in the middle of great evil, and yet his focus was not on joining the evil or being preoccupied by its trouble. His eyes were on doing what God had called him to do and focusing on God's power to get him through. I don't know what evil in the world troubles you, but I would encourage you to take a page out of Mordecai's book. Keep your eyes on God. Obey his calling for you even in the midst of evil. Maybe what seems like the wrong place at the wrong time is the right place in God's time. We are called to bring our light into the world that some may be saved. Take courage. You are not alone, even in the darkness. Lord, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Amen. Thanks for joining us today. If you want to check out more podcasts just like this, you can go to Bethel.ch and you'll find amazing selections of podcasts and much more. If you'd like to get in contact with us, you can email us with podcasts at Bethel.ch. See you next time.